Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the HP Podcast, the place where all your dreams come true. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Brandon. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Good, man. And, and that's it. That's just us. That's it. This is the best lineup, some people would say. That's right. The uh, the OGs. The OGs, The yeah. strength. We're the real power. The, I mean, I don't want to brag here or anything, but we are the best. The backbone. <laughs> yes, sir. The other boys are out tonight, but we are here to bring you all sorts of stuff about, well, gaming. This show's about gaming. And if you know anything about gaming you know that we don't know anything about gaming <laughs> that's why we do the right. show so we can learn about it yeah that's right you know? no that's not true thanks to the patrons who help support the show you can do so check it out by going over to patreon.com slash handsome phantom where you can get ad free early access every week unless dustin messes up the file and sends me a file last week i don't think the, the podcast went up slightly late like the early access went up slightly late or the normal is dustin sent me a file from june tisk tisk i don't I don't know how that happened or why it happened. Wouldn't have been a very topical upload, would it? Uh, no, but Dave was on it. <laughs> so that that would have been a little better because you got to hear that. Yeah, dude, add, adding to the, the baritone. to the two-man we had yesterday or last week. Yeah, yeah. One of these times when it's just you and me, I'm just going to edit Phil in saying off-context things and see if anyone notices that he's not really here. Yeah, we just edit. We, we just like put him on a soundboard. Yeah. We're like... I don't know what he was saying. No, I don't even know that he's ever said that. But he's probably, I mean, I'm sure he said We it. can edit it together is what we're saying. He's so, probably said nice and ass, so we could we could make it work. Well, there's two options here, Phil. If you're listening, you could e we could either soundboard you or you can come on next week. So yeah, yeah. your decision, man. All that's right. the two. That's the two things. Don't forget about the Discord, handsomepinum.com slash Discord. You can hang out with some lovely fine folks. Brandon. Yes. Do you remember Marty O'Donnell? Yeah. Okay. Well, Marty O'Donnell has been found in contempt of court. Oh, Lord. Yeah. That's not a good thing. And part of this uh, is going to come from Eurogamer, and part of it is going to come from an episode of Defining Duke Ultimate that I edited today. It is not yet out. Actually, by the time most people hear this, it'll be out. But... They talked about it extensively and had Rick Hogue on as well. So I got a little bit of knowledge from them. I got a little bit of knowledge from this Eurogamer article. But essentially, Marty O'Donnell, who was the composer on Destiny, uh, has been found in contempt of court over his use of Destiny assets and now owes Bungie tens of thousands of dollars in legal fees. So not great. Uh, earlier this year in April, Bungie served the celebrated composer. This is, this is all a quote from Eurogamer. Behind the original Halo music, with contempt of court papers over videos related to Destiny that were uploaded to O'Donnell's YouTube channel and other platforms. So basically, Marty O'Donnell created all this music, he and other some other people, but he was mostly, you know, the person in charge. And it was Destiny's property. They were, yeah. he was doing it for Bungie. Yeah. And maybe even at the time, Activision, I think. Yeah, they were still with Activision yeah. at the time. Yeah, yeah, And basically he leaves, and then, you know, he's still has possession of those files, which part of the the reason, so contempt of court essentially is getting at the fact that uh, he said he would do something. The court ordered him to do something. He agreed to do so, and then he didn't do it. And that was to make sure he did not have possession of those files anymore, that he deleted them from his YouTube channel, et cetera, et cetera. And he clearly did not. He 
pretty clearly did that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or else they wouldn't be right, on, on right. the YouTube channel. They wouldn't yeah. be serving in papers. Y- you got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so there are like a thousand dogs barking. I just took off headphones and realized <laughs> there are dogs barking everywhere. Borking. Yeah. Bo- mostly borking and barking a little bit. Uh, so most of this became the music of the spheres, which is the, you know, the foundation for Destiny's music and everything. So basically he said he was going to delete it. He didn't delete it. So basically what the court has done is said again, Hey, you're in contempt, delete it, or we're going to, you know, do something bad to you. And also just cause they're not playing games. Cause now you've not only got the judge pissed off, Right. Or you've not only got Bungie pissed off, but you get the judge pissed off as right. well. They're going to actually do a, like a full forensic investigation of his electronics. Oh, Lord. To make sure that he doesn't have possession of these files anymore. My boy is sweating. He's, Let's uh, hope you don't have anything weird on there, dude. Well, yeah. Delete oh my all the end time, my guy. Can you imagine if that? Oh, man. Good not Lord. Good. So I don't think that's the case, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have any reason to think that Mario Don would have anything. That's, Pure that's, speculation. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't. He seems like he just likes the, the creation he made, not yeah, you know, yeah. weird stuff. And honestly, I mean, it sucks as someone who worked on something to not be able to cherish your work. Right. But at the same time, if you were told to, if you were paid to right. do something specific, you right. have to you have to abide by those contracts. Right. Um, and it sounds like he's kind of playing with fire here. And he was ousted, not, I don't want to say ousted because it wasn't like he was fired. Well, he was kind of fired years ago from the, the Destiny team and, and the con, being a contractor or whatever. And basically, I don't think he was very happy about it. Obviously, you know, nobody likes to, to lose their job if it's a place they love, especially. But he kind of made a big stink about not being real happy about it. And then in, in the time since then, he's kind of you know, tweeted and put out some statements like, come at me, bro. You know, basically, basically that that style. He's subtweeting. Yeah. (laughs) So this actually reminds me of something kind of similar. I probably should know more about it before I start talking about it. But do you remember when the composer of either Doom Eternal or Doom, there was like some issues with that? It was Doom Eternal. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I wonder. He didn't get them all the stuff in time. Like. Basically, they had the soundtrack for the or the the music for the game, but the soundtrack that was supposed to be coming out, the full you know composures right, right. was not available. Yeah, man, that's something we we never even think about. Oftentimes, is like from the composer sides of these video games. Yeah, I mean, a lot of other things get light shined on them for obvious reasons. Right, but uh, clearly, there's some stuff going on in the back end, and uh, looks like Marty's a part of it. Yeah, yeah, not good. He's, I, I always, I always thought he was like a cool guy, a nice guy. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's not, but like, I don't know. Basically, when he left Bungie in whatever way that happened and whatever deal was struck there, part of that was that he was going to get rid of the stuff. Right. And it's one thing if like, you know, some of those, some of that legal paperwork is just impossible to read. And he's like, okay, whatever, I'm leaving. I'm, right. leaving, I'm done. I'm not happy about it, but I'm leaving. But then for him to later, the, you know, come back and say, okay, well, fine, I'll, I'll take all this stuff off by YouTube. I'll quit making money for it or from it and I'll delete it. And they're like, okay, cool, we're settled. And then he's like, gotcha, not doing it. Very anti-establishment of him. Very anti <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyway, we'll let you know what comes up with that. But that's, it's just one of those interesting things. Like, you, you know, most people think about like, the graphic artists and the gameplay designers and the story writers and everything else on a game. But music is one of those things that, you know, you would notice in a game if music wasn't there. Right. But sometimes you don't notice that it is there. Right. And as much as that's the case, you don't really think about the composers of them. So maybe in some weird way, this will help people recognize more about, you know, music yeah. and games. I don't know. Yeah, no, dude. Every person who touches games is important to the game. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's kind of lost sometimes. Right. I feel like when the graphics shine and, you know, the animation is solid, it's so easy to kind of put the other things on the backbone. But things like God of War, things like Destiny and Halo, these games simply would not be the same without the full package. And uh, music is a part of it. Right. A a big part. Especially for games like Halo. For sure. So... Okay, moving on to the next thing here. This came out just after we recorded last week, as is the usual for 
big pieces of news. Dude, why does that keep fucking happening? Yeah. We've been talking about Battlefield a lot. Yeah. Dude. And we were kind of surprised that Battlefield was coming so soon. Well, it turns out it's not. As per a statement on Battlefield's uh, Twitter page, they said, quote, we've made the decision to shift the launch. I'm glad they didn't say we've made the difficult decision, which I'm sure it was difficult, but everyone starts out with we've made the difficult yeah. decision. So they're like, have some empathy here. Yeah, yeah. We're going to word this so that way you can feel bad for us. Right. We've made the decision to shift the launch of Battlefield 2042. The game will now be released worldwide on November 19th. Building the next generation of Battlefield during a global pandemic has created unforeseen challenges for our development teams. Given the scale and scope of the game, we had hoped our teams would be back in our studios together as we move towards launch. With the ongoing conditions not allowing that to happen safely, and with all the hard work the teams are doing from home, we feel it is important to take the extra time to deliver the vision of Battlefield 2042 for our players. Your enthusiasm for the game has been very inspiring. We believe in the game we're making, and we thank you for your patience as we put some finishing touches into the experience updates on the open beta will be coming later this month now and that's signed oscar gabrielson and the 2042 development team this is totally i always like to read into how people word things right so i made the joke but also the serious thing that they didn't say difficult decision right you know <laughs> I, I, you know there's probably some intentionality to that they, it's not a difficult decision it's an easy decision because they want the game to be good you know right. that's the way you want to spend it yeah this seems uh, this seems like a confident statement right i mean and that's the biggest thing to draw from it is this is really a statement that is supposed to be representative of the thoughts and the minds and the feelings of the teams that are putting this out right i know it's from you know oscar i get that but the entire team plays a part in that. Sure. And this did not come across as, you know, frantic in any way. This came across as this is the best option. And, you know, this is just what's going to happen. We'll give you more details soon. So we're also turning this episode into a uh, an episode talking about how language works, because <laughs> I also think it's interesting. They never said the word delay. Really? They said, yeah, we, you get that it's a delay. From right, this. right. 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 We've made the decision to shift the launch. The game will now be released. So, like, there's no negatives in this in the sentence structure. It's kind of smart. It's pretty smart. It's kind of fucking smart, man. Yeah, it is. Dude, and then you have fucking cyberpunk. We regret to inform you <laughs> yeah. that we will be dying tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like the... No, not quite, but yeah. The, yeah. the, the pathetic meagering. Yeah. Um, no, dude. I... We've talked about it many times. This is going to be good for the game. I think that they're getting a lot of data. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, I think that even even data from outside the company, I mean, I feel like with these Vanguard betas coming out, it's like, it's not the same exactly, you right. know, It's but it's not quite apples and oranges here. These games, y you see how they play and you see how the people like them and what they need and you just want to polish it as much as you can and sure. about it. So yeah, I'm absolutely. About it, for sure. So, are, I mean, you're pretty... You, you're pretty pumped for Battlefield. Does that come because you're a Battlefield fan or because you're not feeling Vanguard this year? Uh, yes and no. Um, I would say I am a novice Battlefield fan. Okay. I played a lot of Battlefield 4. Okay. That's the majority of my experience. Um, I've played Battlefield 1 as well, but not as much. Um, so I'm excited to come back to something that is closer to modern. Yes. Because that's how I fell in love with the game in the first place. Right. Um... And everything I have seen has been solid so far. I yeah. mean, everything. I've been specifically looking right. because you know I you know I try I try to stay informed. And if they're gonna expect me to pay sixty seventy bucks for a game, right? At this point, I can't trust that a AAA studio is gonna give me quality. In this, I really cannot. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I need to really be getting other people's opinions, watching other people play the game and playing it myself. Um, so, right now I, I'm very excited for this. Uh, I said it at the beginning of the year and I'll say it again. I think this is the year for 2042. They have a very unique position in the sense that a lot of people I've talked to are not jazzed about World War II setting. Sure. And I think that they can really blow it out of the water. People have been wanting things to be back in modern. Um, and, uh, they usually do really well. I can't think of a modern shooter in the recent history that has not done really well. Right. At least AAA. Right. So. At least financially, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It may exactly. not actually have been 
you know, solid as right. far as the game. It might not have been a ten out of ten. They're blowing up though. Yeah. Yeah. So no doubt. No, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Um I think this is gonna be kinda like a new launching point for them. Um sure. and, I, and you know. I just think it's gonna bring the bring the series back up. Bring the milkshakes or bring the boys to the yard. Yes, yeah. dude. Yes, uh, I played a lot, many, 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 many hours of Bad Company Two, oh, and then I played not nearly as many, probably you know twenty or thirty of maybe more than that. I don't know of Battlefield Three, but then I haven't played a Battlefield game since. So yeah. I think it's I think I could get back into it's it. Fun. I don't know. I mean. It's so hard because I know with a, with any of these kinds of games, but especially Battlefield, once I get in, I'm gonna want to have I'm gonna have to play it or feel like I have to play it right. all the time. <laughs> and I already have one of those games, right. so it's really hard for me to want to have another one. But yeah, you just gotta divide it up, maybe for sure, for sure. No, so good, good for them. November nineteenth, yeah, yeah, November nineteenth. So it puts them right after Halo, which is a good and bad thing. They're obviously different games, but. Uh, there's been some speculation that maybe we'll still, I don't know where the rumors initially came from, but some speculation that maybe this will be a game pass game. I kind of doubted it at this point, or we would have heard something, but I mean, Tokyo game shows this week. So never know anything could happen. Yeah. Quantic dream. Brandon, have you played any Quantic dream dream games? Yeah. I, I loved Detroit. Oh, that's right. You did. One of my favorite games of last generation, legitimately. Yeah. Um, I don't think I played anything else from them, but that game wooed me enough. Yeah. Um, you didn't play Heavy Rain? No, I didn't. Yeah. I have it, but I, I've not yeah. played it. Um, well, basically, uh, so we've always kind of associated, not we as in the show, but, you know, the world has associated Quantic Dream with Sony. Uh, this story comes from DualShockers, by the way. After Quantic Dream's three-game deal expired with Sony in 2018, after the release of Detroit Become Human, the president of the studio, David Cage, began exploring new opportunities and partners. The rumor was first reported by French YouTuber and ex-journalist Gatos. Got, got, I don't know how to say it, but anyway. On September 16th, it was reported that, quote, they've, as in Quantic Dream, now finished their contract with Sony and will be signing with Disney. End quote. In a separate conversation, however, I was also speaking to an individual who provided overwhelming evidence that he had contacts at Quantic Dream and report. This is again from DualShockers that I was not me, and reported that the Star Wars game by the but that the Star Wars game by the studio has been in development for around eighteen months. The evidence wow. was that concrete, in fact, that I reported the findings with somewhat of a small cryptic tweet, while the investigation continued, et cetera, et cetera. So. Basically, he goes on to say, we don't really know what this 18-month entails. We don't necessarily know what kind of a game this will be. But now, Brandon, I know you're not a Star Wars fan per se. Yeah. You know, you, you can deal with it, but it's not your thing. Right. But how do you feel like... Okay, so in the past, we've seen Star Wars RPGs. We've seen Star Wars RTS. We've seen Star Wars first-person shooters. We've seen Star Wars third-person shooters. We've seen Star Wars MMOs. Dark Soul Light. We've seen... (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What do you think a Quantic Dream Star Wars game would look like? That... See, because my only experience is with Detroit... Right. It makes me just assume that it's going to be like that, but I think that's only because that's the only game I've played of theirs. Right. But... I will say, as far as the Star Wars goes, I would love to be convinced. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallen Order was good, but it wasn't for me. Um, and Did you finish that, by the way? No. Okay. No, I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but no, man, I... <sighs> would it be weird to get a Star Wars game that was like Detroit? What about a Star Wars game where you're a Jedi, but you're a detective? You know, not, not by that and name, You could, like, course. mind trick people. Well, you could mind trick people, but also, like, you're going around gathering evidence, yeah. trying to put together the pieces. I mean, like, I know you haven't seen a lot of them, but in the Star Wars movies, like, Obi-Wan does that. He goes around and has to investigate different things and people and, yeah. you know, figure out what's going on in the world. Dude, I think that would be sweet. I Detectives with a lightsaber. Yeah, dude. I was thinking Boba Fett, but I don't. Oh. I don't really think he has anything to do with this. Boba Fett's just a just a bounty. He's hunter. a bounty hunter, so that would be less detective and more shooty. But right. you never know. Maybe they can swing it. Maybe you know, someone else from that order could be more of an investigator and less of a killer. There's a lot of possibilities here. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Between the visuals in Detroit and just the overall solid gameplay, 
I'm not concerned with the studio. Yeah. I will no. tell you something I am concerned with, though, is that the corporate overlords will just run this shit into the ground. So the Star Wars overlords? Yeah, Disney. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, maybe I'm... That's not very founded. No, but, it is. <laughs> but like, I don't know. I... You know, I don't... It's going to be a Star Wars property, right? But I don't want it to be like a Marvel movie or I don't want it to... I just want it to be its own thing. And I really hope that even if they're bought up by this huge, huge mega corporation... Sure. That they just leave them the fuck alone. Yeah. Because nothing goes worse for games than when the people that are funding it start putting their creepy little greedy hands into it. Right. Um, and I think that this studio is talented... There's no question in my mind that they're talented. Right. And so I think that they could easily, easily do something with Star Wars. I mean, it's a beloved franchise. You have a winning formula here. Right. Making good games in Star Wars. Now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Let's see, in the past, this is before Disney bought Star Wars. Uh, with the Extended Universe books, extended or expanded, I can't remember which it was called. But either way, I read a lot of them. From what I've seen authors say is that basically when they had an idea for a Star Wars book, they basically just pitched the general idea and some of the beat by beat things. And as long as they were a trusted author and good, and I'm sure, you know, Lucas had some like the Lucas Corporation had some oversight over some of it. But pretty much as long as they weren't like getting into specific territories that they didn't want them to explore. Right. They kind of let them run with it. Yeah. Like completely breaking canon or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It still had to be canonical, but obviously uh, I'm one, which by the way, none of those books are canonical right. anymore. They're legends, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. which really uh, like... pissed a lot of people off and then didn't really make me feel great. But at least I, you know, still had those experiences. But, right. Uh, it, you, I, I don't think Disney would do the same thing. I think they'd be more cautious. You know, they've got a lot more they're going on for the series for the franchise than Lucas was ever planning to do with it because right. they've, you know, found the money in it. Of course, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'd be really interested. And and I think that really the focus is what you're saying is yeah. I'm not worried about Quantic Dream creating a good game. They're gonna make a good game. They're gonna make a great game, maybe even whether or not. You like Star Wars, right? Might not matter depending on how well, how they do it. And that's what I'm saying is, I like games for games, regardless of the setting, right? Um, and if it's Star Wars and I like it, great. And I want to be convinced. Um, this does make me curious of something else, though. Is there going to be a Fallen Order too? That is uh, likely, in my opinion, but I don't think it's been confirmed. Okay. That just makes me curious to see like what the landscape of Star Wars games is going to be like, because if Respawn is still working on that and you got a new one in the well, works. The last year, I think it was EA is no longer the exclusive publisher of Star Wars games, hmm. which would make sense, obviously, if Quantum right, Games were right, right, one. Right. But, it's still uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably for the better because I think EA was getting a little bit lackadaisical. Yeah. Yeah, to say the about least. It. That yeah, sounds. They weren't putting out the quality we all, all us Star Wars fans deserve. That for seems sure. kind of uh, on brand. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, are you a Castlevania fan? Uh, I've watched a couple episodes of the Netflix anime. So that's pretty close. The animation. Right. Um, the animation. Yes. And not uh, an anime. Yeah, not anime. You can't call it. An I'm anime. sorry. I'm sorry the to all anime us. fans ever. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, 
No, I've seen it be played, but okay. I've not played it myself. Well, I am a fan of the early, early Castlevania games, and I played a couple on the 360 generation, but I have not played these games, and that is, this comes from Gamatsu. The Castlevania Advance Collection has now been rated for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC in Taiwan, Ooh. which generally when something leaks like that, if they've been rated anywhere, there's no reason to rate them unless they're coming to those consoles, right? Dude, quick so. sidestep. Mm -hmm. How is this always what leaks? It, it is. It how, is. How How had that? <laughs> I'm just so confused how these companies haven't realized that every single time you get your game rated, that you probably have to have very specific contracts that say, and no way should this get to the public. But it happens Every, like every other month of something's getting rated and it's just like sure it's not a for sure right but like it usually is i i know that the esrb and whatever the european rating system peggy um and then some others have different timelines and different restrictions and everything yeah i wonder because it does seem to mostly be from taiwan that yeah. a lot of these are coming out if they have like an insane lead time that you have to submit by or else you're <laughs> not going to release there because we generally see them coming out of of the east yeah so yeah anyway go ahead okay so the taiwan digital rating game committee has rated castlevania advanced collection for Oh, I already said that. Sorry. The unannounced collection was first rated in Australia on June 18th, which, okay, that was actually the first time it leaked. We didn't talk about it back then. Then again in Korea on June 25th. While the Australian rating lists the game as multi-platform and the Korean rating for PC, this is the first time that console platforms have been specified. So we're assuming that these games are going to be, it's, it's going to include all of the Game Boy Advance based on the title of the, the collection. Uh, games that were released from 2001 to 2003, which include Castlevania Circle of the Moon, Castlevania Harmony of Dissonance, and Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. So I don't know if you're not a Castlevania fan, if these games are going to be the ones to pull you in. Frankly, I think if the old ones don't grab you, and then if the new one, the newer-ish ones that are probably a decade old at this point or more, uh, don't grab you. They're totally different styles too. Then going to the middle gen, which the, the advanced collections was, they if I recall, they weren't quite what people wanted. Yeah, starting any series with a Game Boy Advance game, regardless of its remaster or re upscale, whatever the fuck it is, right? Doesn't is probably not the absolute best way to start a series. Yeah, I, I would agree. agree. I agree. But either way, uh, this might be. I mean, there's no chance I'm going to go back and play them on Game Boy Advance. No, heavens no. I, I mean, I still know. I still have my Game Boy Advance. I think I know where it is, unless my wife moved it. But uh, <laughs> there's no chance I'm going to go back and get it. But you know, if you brought them to PS4 or PC. Why not? Uh, or Xbox, whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a good chance I could pop in for the right price point. Yeah. And and check them out. I do love the world, the setting. Uh, I have not watched the animation yet myself. But that's mostly because I have so much else to watch and so little time to do it in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, makes sense. But anyway, that should be fun. Uh, but I do think it's really, like you said, it's really funny. Like, we're always finding out news <laughs> like this. That's what I'm saying, dude. From the rating ratings leaks, so... Uh, okay, this next story is about a new Valve patent. And anytime Valve patents something, you want to pay attention because it doesn't seem like they patent nearly as many things as some other companies. Like Sony will put up a patent every like three days and file a patent because one, they have an insane amount of money. So does Valve. Uh, and they can just kind of throw stuff at the wall and if it gets leaked then they at least are protected that way right but valve doesn't really patent a whole lot of stuff and they won't make a whole lot of stuff really uh lately they are making a little more anyway this is kind of kind of short but uh this uh the x at the x paw on twitter pavel dundick jundick i don't know how to say his name <laughs> says new valve patent for tracking game file read operations and to allow quote instant play where you can start a game before it finishes downloading. Hmm. Now, we kind of have this with some games. Yeah. Because sometimes, like, let's say specifically on, on the PlayStation consoles, you'll see that it's downloading and it has, like, a bar there. And once it hits that bar, you can start playing it. You just can't play certain features of the game. Right. Like, you'll be able to play the campaign and maybe not the multiplayer. Or vice versa. Yeah, one yeah. of the two. Which is funny that you would 
I've always been a play the campaign than the multiplayer kind of guy. Yeah. But yeah, it, it happens. It depends on the game for me. So what do you think? We don't even necessarily, this is just a jump board for us to, yeah. to talk, but what do you think, how do you think it would change the way you play if you could start playing a game pretty much immediately after you start downloading it? Well, that depends entirely on the size of the game. Um, to me, and that's something that I keep running into issues with myself on the PS5, um, if it's a small game, I honestly don't mind waiting. Right. Um, you know, typically the internet's fast enough that I'm not going to wait that long. But yeah, I mean, what's it going to hurt being able to pop in? Even if it just loaded, for instance, like let's say the first level, right? Yeah. Why not? Right. Why not? Um, and if they can manage to integrate that with Steam somehow to get it on every game, I mean, I don't know exactly what what the leak even means i don't even think we know what it means right right but yeah well just so everybody knows there is a huge patent document that i have no idea how to read the legalese there <laughs> yeah right so i'm not even gonna try i'm just yeah. gonna you know take the word of this tweet and everything yeah no but that i mean that is big um you know especially if it's a new game i mean imagine being able to play sooner i mean nothing is better than a game you want to play really really bad and, you know, if you would just be able to pop into it instantly. That's about the only benefit to cloud gaming that I see. I yeah. don't like cloud gaming. I don't like any kind of latency. Yeah. Uh, there's even, you know, to an extent, I, I don't even like having a monitor with a lower refresh rate than the game is supporting, <laughs> you know. Uh, so to be able to to do it on cloud is the only good thing about it for me is that it instantly starts up with yeah. maybe a 10 second load screen. Yeah. But yeah, it it is fascinating because how many times have you and I been trying to play something together? Right. And one of us had the opportunity to download the update and the other one didn't. And okay, we had our whole night planned out. We texted each other right. at lunchtime. <laughs> we're like, hey, tonight. I was like, yeah, great. Yeah, dude, I didn't and, even. And then it's out. Like you're sitting there and you're like, well, I guess we're not playing together tonight. Yeah, I'm just thinking about new games. I wasn't even thinking if they could manage to swing this with updates even. Yeah. I don't know how that would work. I don't know how that would work either, but 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 it's kind know. of the same situation. It though. is just interesting though. Yeah. To, to to think about in general, I guess it's less exciting for me because I feel like I've had this option for a little bit on console. Right. Um. Not that it's been good. I mean, I've had games that literally just let you go in the menu. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's your loader. Be on the menu is, screen. Is you get to pick your settings. Right. <laughs> like so, if it was more than that, I would say a hundred percent killing it would love that mm -hmm. um but yeah i guess we'll need to find out more so yeah yeah i don't know exactly what it means and there might be more information that we could glean from the document but i don't know the one the top reddit comment says that um it, it quotes part of the patent and says this is a really long way of saying it seems to them it collects information from clients who have the game who have run the game to learn which segments of data are the most required in the early stages and then parts of the game further on of playing a game in order to prioritize the serving of that specific data to their individual downloads. So basically, let's say you download the entire game. Right. And then it assesses what parts of the game were needed for your first hour. And then it prioritizes on my download that it, only, it gives me those spots first so that I can play the first hour without the rest of the game. Right. Because, you know. Dude, that, that's some pretty cool tech, actually. Yeah. I, Describing it like that, it's, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's almost like a kind of like peer a peer-to-peer, but not really. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that, you know, evaluate what other players have done and download that data first. It's cool, man. Yeah, Makes absolutely. you think what's going on in the back end there. For sure. Interesting. Man, if Valve just, like, would make some games, they'd be amazing. Yeah, dude, I wouldn't even be mad if they just teched everything the fuck out, but they can make good games, too. I don't yeah. know why they don't, but yeah, Valorant, sure. I guess, is about it. Or not Valorant. They don't make Valorant. They don't make Valorant, no. Goddamn. Uh, anyway. Uh, well, they, the last thing they made was Half-Life Alex, which, of course, came out to rave reviews. Dota? Dota, yeah. A game that I'm not familiar with. I'm trying to recall now. I just sound like an yeah, idiot. Wait, Valorant is Riot. That's right. That's yeah. right. I mean, Valorant, I was into for about... 30 seconds. Dude, I had Valor on the brain. I've been watching some here and there. Yeah. It's uh interesting. It seems a little more tactical than you would like, I think. Uh, I've Just always... because you like the more frenetic, crazy running around. Yeah, but that's like the entirety of it, though. Like, right. It's very CSGO, yeah. wall peaky. So it's twitchy in a different way. Okay, yeah. Um, Than like a Call of Duty would be. It's more just like peaking and stuff. But 
I know that there's a purist, you know, segment of the world that wants games like that only on PC. And it, with, you know, mouse controls and everything, it probably is best to be on PC. But I just feel like they could rake in so much money if there was a PC port. Yeah. I don't think that's a game you could ever hope to have uh, cross-platform, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I sure would love to play Valorant on my console. Yeah. Um, or here's an idea. It just gets really complicated, though, to be completely honest. This is... We're, we're going way off subject. Okay. About fucking, that's fine. That's what But, like, there's been a huge thing in Apex recently with, like, leveling out the playing field for console and um, PC users. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, taking out mechanics that only like three percent of pc players use and it's way overpowered yeah so something i would worry about like let's say if counter-strike was on console um then the entire debate would have to be up for any sort of aim assist yeah um so i think even though it sounds super easy and obviously it's not i think there's there would be a lot of work to do that's what i'm saying i think yeah absolutely so and i mean you've seen that what since uh like Warzone and and Apex are both cross platform. You've seen like a lot of conversation in the you know esports community about like yeah, dude. Well, controller's just easier. That's why you're better. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's such bullshit. But like yeah, it it is interesting seeing companies and in if anyone is familiar with Apex at all, they took out tap strafing recently, which like I said was something that I guess like three percent of players could do. It was like a, a crazy movement technique that was like in a small time frame that you were able to execute only on PC. Uh-huh. Um, and it's really interesting to see that they actually are caring that you know they're like almost nobody uses this and when right. they do use it they absolutely fucking destroy right and they've already addressed you know stuff like and they have the data that's why you know it's easier for these companies they have the data the people that what is tap strafing it's like you you essentially change directions quickly while keeping momentum okay um so i don't know exactly how to do it because i don't have a pc but i've watched many clips of people doing it uh-huh. um you completely keep your momentum like max momentum and then you completely instantly shift the direction pretty much um it's very very difficult to okay. uh fight against that yeah so yeah. um especially in that game yeah 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 for sure but now it's just interesting seeing the landscape of that and how companies some companies um not activision but uh yeah respawn have taken that sort of thing seriously and trying to level out uh the player fields and I've even seen them report that there is no situations where, you know, uh, aim assist. There is not a percentage that's high enough that aim assist players are going above mouse and keyboard players. So they have all that data. It's just interesting to think about for the first person shooters, how much goes into that. I saw, I think it was, I think it was Tim, the tap man, tweeted something like, hey, bro, if if uh he was like mocking someone but he's like if uh controller makes it so much easier why don't you just play with controller well that's the thing is like every single person that's complained about it i'm like okay then pick up a controller right and and i've seen videos where people are like this is my first day picking up controller and i'm an absolute bombshell and i'm just like dude yeah that's fine you you might be Right. That's not the majority of players. No, so no. just chill out. I know this is your hot take video. This is your breakout video where everyone that's mad about auto aim, right. you know, is gonna is gonna like it. But that's just not the case. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not the. It's not the numbers. It really is funny how for so long, the discourse was very much like, "Oh, well, you're on mouse and keyboard. That's why you're better. You have way more control." And now it's like, "Oh, well, you're on." You're on controller. That's why you have... Dude, the playing field has been completely leveled in, in yeah. every game. In Fortnite, I mean, there's like professional... Oh, yeah. Like, like phone players. Right. Like on a cell phone right. Fortnite players. It's, yeah. The peripherals have really, you know... If you take care of them, they can work. Right. They really can. Well, uh, some of the... Like Nick Merckx plays on a controller. Yeah. Whatever he's playing. Yeah. So. A lot of big guys play on controller now. Yeah. And that, which is crazy because I would say even like, for instance, at the beginning of Warzone, that was way less prevalent. Yeah. And then big guys started coming up right. and realized that, you know, you you run the field enough and right. you'll get some kills, man. Uh, this is totally off topic. And, okay. and this might appeal to less people, but you and I are really into watching streamers and 
you know, yeah. the esports. What do you think about uh, Tim's move to to YouTube? Um. I think that competition for Twitch is good. Yeah. I don't want them to be complacent. Right. Um, and I think that there still is stuff that happens monthly with Twitch as far as community guidelines, how they deal with music, um, TOS. I think there's there's always a discussion there. Right. But I think when you're less secure with your big names, right. like your Dr. Disrespects, like your Dr. Lupos, yeah. like your Tims... I think it kind of, you know, makes Twitch realize that got to keep things up to date, got to keep rolling. And not to say that they've lacked incredibly in the past, but I think it's a good move for YouTube, too, honestly. And I would like to see that platform grow. I would love a day that I was watching YouTube um, live as much as Twitch. But sure. It just doesn't seem to be quite there yet for me. It seems um, like discoverability is even harder somehow on YouTube for for gaming streaming than yeah, and, you know, obviously Dr. Disrespect is, like, a big character. Right. He's over the top, and, you know, not to say what he says is untruthful, but he's a persona, and he's over the top. Right. And um, I've I've seen clips of him talking about the difference between YouTube and Twitch and how he has to have an entire production value, and he has to, you know, talk to someone about what, what maybe the algorithm was doing that day and pick out a specific thumbnail and a specific hot button Oh, so he's saying it's Text harder on name. YouTube. Yeah. 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 Much harder. Yeah. Um, at least from what he said. Right. Um, and like I said, I take that with a grain of salt, but. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah. But he said there's a lot more that goes into it. Um, and uh, not to say that you just can't put up a title and start playing on Twitch and you're going to be popular. Right. But right. YouTube seems to be a little bit more divisive um, on the side of being beneficial for the streamer, I guess. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Twitch is definitely, I mean, Twitch was built, uh, it was Justin TV before, to be a live streaming platform, and YouTube was not. So even if, it is weird though, like YouTube had, like we went to the YouTube gaming after party, yeah. and then like a week later they were like, yeah, YouTube gaming's going to shut down. Yeah, like, I don't. Like, wait, what happened? And now YouTube gaming's, like, it's not called that anymore, but YouTube streaming is becoming bigger. And then there was that whole thing with Stadia where they were going to integrate uh, streamers with Stadia and you'd be able to like play with your viewers and then Stadia is kind of dead now. So yeah, it's, it's it, weird. It's been weird. And I hope that as well as it bringing new audiences to YouTube, I hope much in the way that Twitch is being held accountable for not having a couple big guys is right. that YouTube will now be held more accountable right. for having a couple big guys. Right. There'll be more eyes on the platform than ever at this point Yeah, um, because they bring in views no matter what. Those, you know, those three guys I mentioned earlier have no problem with bringing in people. Um, and I just I just really hope that YouTube um, listens to their feedback. Right. And makes it better because, uh, yeah, like I said, I'd love to watch YouTube more, but it doesn't make much sense right now unless I want to watch those couple people. So. Right. The, uh, the thumbnail game on YouTube is crazy. Uh, a good thumbnail can change how your video performs alone. The yeah. content can be complete garbage, but if you have an amazing thumbnail, you're going to get clicks. Yeah, and I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Is that it's so unclear everything. It seems right. to be, you know, regardless of whether it's a video or live or whatever, it seems a lot of things in the way they work. You know, I'm not saying YouTube has to give away all its secrets so everyone can get thousands of views. Right. But you got to be a little bit more transparent so you're not just throwing it at the wall and seeing what sticks. Right. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. All right, Brandon, this last story is one I think you'll be, you'll probably be taking most of the lead or the discussion on this because uh, you're the Overwatch guy. Uh, this comes from Eurogamer. It's Overwatch executive producer Chaco Sunny, Sunny leaves Blizzard Entertainment after five years with the company. Chaco Sunny, executive producer on Overwatch, has announced his departure from Blizzard Entertainment, the latest high-profile departure from a studio still embroiled in multiple legal wranglings stemming from the California lawsuit, alleging a culture of sexual harassment and discrimination within the company. Uh, 
going on, he says, news of Sonny's departure comes via Bloomberg, which says the Overwatch producer told staff his last day would be Friday, describing his time at Blizzard as an absolute privilege and one of the best experiences of my career. In a separate email, Blizzard co-leaders Jen O'Neill and Mike Barra called Sonny a thoughtful leader. And Bloomberg reports employees it spoke to say Sonny was well-respected within the company and they weren't aware of any allegations against him. They weren't aware. They weren't aware. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. They weren't. That's not to say they're like, oh, he's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, they just exactly. said, you know, so no, it, none of the current problems are with him. And that's not me throwing shade at him. That's right. just me understanding the wording. Yes. You know, well, this so. is a linguistics podcast. Yeah. Now, so. <laughs> I mean, at this point. Yeah. Um, no, I just wanted to touch base less about this gentleman specifically. Yeah. Um, and more about what I think about Overwatch 2. Uh huh. Um, I wouldn't say I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, but with Jeff leaving. Yeah. With an executive producer leaving, not to say that most of the team probably still isn't there, but, you know, especially after Jeff, when you're seeing other people in addition to Jeff fall off, I mean, he was a huge face of Overwatch. Sure. Never know how much the dude had to do with the moment to moment. You would assume based on the way he talked about it and the things that he said and how passionate about it, he had a big part. Right. Um, and, um, you know, with all the lawsuits and stuff, it, it really gets you wondering. I yeah. mean, it really does. And I'm not concerned for Overwatch 2. Like I said, I just think it's something to note. Right. Um, I think that I've had time away from Overwatch and some of my roast tan on my glasses have has worn off a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, I've even played it within the past couple months. Right. Um, Me too. And With you. <laughs> I've not... I've been... It is an older game, but I've been not as enthused by the support, especially leading up to their next game. Uh-huh. I think they really had an opportunity to knock it out of the park um, and to get some hype building right. for their next game in the current game. Um, I feel like the, you know, I've seen videos at Q times being high and I just don't, I don't understand the direction right now. I know there's a lot going on within the company that specifically right on um, the lawsuits i mean but i don't know it just makes me concerned a little bit um because you know with the lack of support long term from the last game the no hype building in the current game you have and some key members kind of just going by the wayside for better or for worse it just really you know I don't know. I, I keep saying the same thing, but I'm just, I'm keeping an eye on it more yeah. now than I was before. I, right. I would say coming into the announcements of Overwatch 2, I was like, let's go, man. Right. No hesitation. Let's go. But after having some time away and seeing how things have developed, not only with the company, but with the ecosystem and with, you know, the events and the game and, you know, what's, what's new, what's going on. Right. And it's just been lackluster and... Yeah, just something to note, I guess. Not a whole lot to say aside from that, but I'm going to keep an eye on it closely because, I, excuse me, I, I want to be excited for this game, but like I said earlier, I just have to be hesitant of everything at this point. Right. Um, and I can't, I'm not getting No Man's Sky again, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, but that kind of just ruined me. Get a little stink on it. you know, now that I hear this stuff you know if i had no idea that jeff kaplan left or i didn't care about any of this it wouldn't make a difference to me and i wouldn't think twice but knowing this stuff i think is pretty important to give you a picture of what development is like to give you a picture of how the game is going and nothing no huge red flag um just some interesting points to be made so it's uh really interesting because this is not an executive producer on a game. Now, granted, there are probably lots of talented people and other producers capable of good things, but an executive producer leaving in in the midst, I don't know what point they're at exactly in development, obviously. I mean, based on their last thing, they were showing off some gameplay of the co-op. They, they in the most recent competitive season, I think they had a map from the new game. Right. So... There's not been nothing, is right, what I'm saying. Right. But they they have not taken the opportunities, which I think they could very easily take to build hype around their game. Right. Um, well, that, that's kind of what I'm getting at, though, is that like a producer's work 
is never done. Right. Like the producer is the one who makes sure things are going smoothly, who makes sure it's getting listed correctly on all the storefronts. Now, granted, the executive producer probably has associate producers underneath them right. that are, you know, they're handing out those things. The executive producer is probably managing the associate producers or the other producers in general. Uh, so, like, maybe there's not too much to be worried with there, but it's just, you know, usually when a game goes gold or is shipped is when a producer would step away. So it's just a little concerning, not anything about the company or, or him and him specifically, but, you know, it's a little concerning that, like, uh, hopefully this game continues to go smoothly through development. Yeah. And, yeah. And honestly, you know, if I want to just be completely honest with you, I think this game probably still will come out and will probably still be good. Right. But there's just a little part of my mind that's just curious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just a little bit of hesitation. Right. So... Brandon, you've been playing a game I've also been playing. Yes, dude. I want you to talk a little bit about Deathloop. Deathloop. Let's go. Um, Man, where do I start? Obviously, no spoilers, but this game has been a treat. Yeah. Um, ever since I picked it up, um, I personally have had very little issues with the game. Yeah. In any way. I haven't either. Technical, you know, gameplay-wise. Like, I've had a hell of a time. I yeah. mean, literally legitimately um as someone who has had a lot of experience with dishonored one none with dishonored two i have i find a lot of the dna of those games obviously it's made by the same people right in this game but if you would have told me playing dishonored one that and there is guns in dishonored one mm -hmm. as like a sidearm but you don't aim them and so right, right. and so if you would have told me that i could do this same thing and have guns i would have been like maybe that would be weird mm -hmm. but it just works in this game. I mean, it really does. Um, and I guess that's a testament to how they've lined up the shooting mechanics, but it feels really solid. Yeah. I mean, it genuinely does. And this is coming from someone who, I don't want to say I specialize, but the majority of what I play is first person shooters. Right. Um, and the fact that it can capture this dishonored feeling, these, these really cool powers with this tight mechanics, with this nice story, with this entire idea of time like all of those things i just said put together is just super cool and unique um and i don't think i've ever played anything quite like this game yeah maybe a lot of things in, have inspired this game but that full package together yeah has been so refreshing man and you know the art style is on point it's just it is unique yeah in a lot of ways to me and it was exactly what I needed at this moment in gaming. Mm -hmm. Like it's been refreshing to pay $60 for something and be really happy. Like, like genuinely, like I would have paid $120 sure. for this game legitimately yeah. because I've enjoyed it that much. And, you know, I'm already thinking about a platinum run and it's just good to feel like this. I wish, all games that came out made me feel like this. Yeah. But they just don't. Just satisfied. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm even excited to go home and play it tonight. Like, it's just been a really good experience. And I, I know you haven't played it quite as much. Yeah. Uh, I talked about it some last week. I talked about it some last week and uh, I haven't, I've played more since then, but not as much as you, I don't think. And I'm just consistently impressed I know some people were hating on the dialogue. I love the dialogue, or at least the Dude, performance and the delivery. The dialogue, though, is so Bethesda. I yeah. mean, look at the other yeah. games. Look at the, like, you know, I, I'm not saying swearing from a main character is, like, necessary right. or even, like, required. But, like, they just have a sense of groundedness yes. that you get from these Bethesda games. I mean, like, from playing Wolfenstein yeah. and from playing Doom, like, I could tell that this was made by Bethesda. Right. In right. dialogue. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's been one of the things that shine through the most is just the like relatable, grounded content. And it just, I don't know. Go ahead. I love the setting, the feel, you know, the environmental yeah. stuff that's yeah, there. Dude. It feels like a 70s acid trip while also not feeling at all like an acid trip. Dude. Like it's very. It's so atmospheric. It's very atmospheric. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, nothing is better than just looking over. I said this to Lauren, my girlfriend, the other day. I was like looking, just staring at this piece of the level. And I was like, 
I would love to go see this in an art museum. Right. I was literally thinking, I, yeah. I said that out loud to her. And like, I don't have that reaction many times when I play games. Yeah. But it's so weird and trippy and I don't know. Yeah. But it's it's like weird and trippy, not in like a Psychonauts way. Right. It's right. like still very grounded. Yeah. But it feels out of this worldly while also feeling like it could be three towns over. Right. You know, it's bizarre, right. but it is cool. I like it a lot. I like that aspect. Uh, I, I really was at the very first, like kind of not feeling the gunplay. And within about an hour, I was like, oh, I get it now for yeah. whatever, whatever it was that just didn't click. And so I've, I've been really enjoying that. Uh, I, like I said, I like, I actually like the lore of, in the game a lot. I like picking up the stuff and actually reading it. Sometimes you play a game and you pick up something and the first 50 you pick up, you're like, okay, I'm so bored by reading this. These, they have like each piece of intel you pick up and read. Uh, and not that there's a ton or anything, but like it very much has its own personality. Yeah, dude. And there's just like, there's characters in this game. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I don't feel like a ton of them blend in with the other ones i mean at least at least with my experience so far you know all of these characters have felt unique and like they've had a personality right um and just feel real in that way i guess this is not a spoiler but i think it's gameplay related i like the fact how different it is when you go somewhere like in the morning and then you go back in the afternoon it's like wow okay these enemies are all in a different position this place where I used to go and grab ammo. It's not there anymore. Yeah. The ammo's not there because it happened at a different time of the day. Like there's some of those little features that are just like, yeah. it's probably not as complicated as it feels, but it, every time it happens, I'm like, I realize there's a difference. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, which makes it a lot harder to like speed run. If you don't yeah. know the different times of the day in different places. Yeah. No, I think that not that I'm a speed runner by any means. Yeah. It's, it's something aside real quick. I cannot wait till I beat this game. Yeah. And I want to watch speed runs of this game specifically yeah. because I think they will be fucking awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, but no, I a lot of games don't deal with the concept of time in the way that this game does. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when you play The Witcher 3 and clearly it's night, clearly it's day, you play GTA, clearly it's day, clearly it's night. But it's like, this is such an, time is such an integral mechanic. I would even call it a mechanic mm-hmm. in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And that isn't at all in the in, on the back burner. It's like right there in your face. Right. And so, like you said, so different. Every single time you go in, you may be in the same level, but right. they've still managed to refresh it in an interesting way. So Right. Uh, you, you'd mentioned something else you were playing earlier, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Weirdly, I've been playing Diablo three. Oh yeah. 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 Um, which is a great game. Um, I think that I play the Diablo two beta mm-hmm. and it made me want to play Diablo three. Right. And I know a lot of people probably disagree with that, but I started with Diablo three. So I've been having a ton of fun going back. Um, I got my girlfriend into it and we've just been, Oh, that's cool. It's been messing around, man. It's I've been, never played it co-op. Yeah. It's, Couch Co-op, it's actually one of the better Couch Co-op games, I think, to actually play PS4 or PS5 um, or Xbox. Um, But no, it's a lot of fun. Um, I had my first ever hardcore character die. Okay. Um, So they permanently got deleted. Right. Um, So that was tragic. I got one hit. I don't really know what happened. I don't want to say it's not my fault. But I had never been even close to dying before, and then I walked into the next area and literally got fucking one hit. What was your reaction when that happened? Did you did you like throw a, your controller? Or did you cry? I was on the party chat, yeah. and I was just like, I think I have to go. I didn't actually leave, but I was just trying to contemplate how I wanted to feel about it because it was so quick. Like yeah. literally, I walked in and practically it, it wasn't a yellow bar it wasn't anything it was practically a trash mob oh, okay literally fucking one hit me yeah and it happened so quick that i was looking at the menu of my dead character and i was still a little bit confused and so it was just the most jarring shit yeah um but now i've been playing that in some gt sports still nice um it's fun to pop in every once in a while and uh do a couple races here and there um not anywhere good as forza but i guess it'll do yeah yeah. On 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 uh, <laughs> my PS5 for now. Sure, so. sure. Cool. I don't really have any other updates. I've been playing some Deathloop, and then uh, I had a Sea of Thieves tournament over the weekend, so I was prepping for that most of last week, and since that tournament, I've been 
um, mostly playing either you know, Death Deathloop or more Sea of Thieves with other people from the community. So how'd it go? Uh, well, let me say this: the, the way the tournament <laughs> oh, was no. set up was three ships versus three ships. Okay, you had two sloops and a galleon on each team. And Justin and I were on a sloop, and Justin and I are pretty good, but we're no near nowhere near top tier or anything. Sure, but we were absolutely punishing the other team from oh really i love that and then our galleon sunk and i don't know what happened on the galleon that it sank oh no but so we were out like that that was if your galleon sank you were out we if you would have given us another five minutes three or four minutes on our own i think we probably would have wiped them yeah but and it's not like i said we're not even that good it was just we had the Everything about the end that game was about positioning and yeah. timing and everything like that. And we just had it. We you, had it. You were griefing some guys. And uh, so it, it was good, though. I mean, the whole thing, it was a cool community event. Yeah. A dude. bunch of people from there. We raised a ton of money uh, for mental health awareness. And so, like, it was all it was all good. All good, man. Yeah, it was all good in that respect. And it was fun to meet some people and play with some people that I've, like, watched stream before and everything, too. Yeah. So, like, that was that was a good time. But... Uh, we did lose in the first round, but um, I I want to I want to say it was not our fault. All right, yeah, dude. Maybe dude, I'm wrong. Your ship did not sink. That's right. And we're gonna leave it at that. That's right. Because uh, that's the facts. My ship did not sink. That's right. We did. Not, we did. We personally did not lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. I think that's gonna wrap it up. Yeah, that's it, man. I appreciate everybody listening. Like I said before, early ad free access over at Patreon.com/slash Handsome Phantom. Would love your support, but of course, you know, as you know, you can uh, you can check it out for free and listen if you want. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. See ya. The HP Podcast and HandsomePhantom.com are supported by our proud patrons over at Patreon. If you want to support the show, head over to Patreon.com/HandsomePhantom. Adaholic, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Fusebro, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings. Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Straw Hat Ninja, Jared Cavallero, Jason Canham, and Kevin Lucas. 